Hey guys, thanks for checking out Not Your Pastor's Podcast on this Good Friday. A couple of disclaimers, if you will, before we get into the episode. First, we had a little bit of trouble with the audio from the interview because our children are upstairs stealing our Wi-Fi signal, so it does get a little patchy in just a few areas, but uh, I hope it's not too much of a distraction and that you can hang with it as our guest makes some really awesome points. Uh, Another thing is that there is some curse words in this episode, so you might, if you have little children around, want to put the earmuffs on, or if you don't like the idea of Christians swearing, maybe this isn't the episode for you, which that is a topic we're going to address in a later episode. Until then, enjoy your Breaking Bad episodes and your Game of Thrones. And finally, when we recorded this episode... um, Alex and his wife Shauna had taken on two foster children and in that time they are down to one foster child and we just ask that you continually keep them in your prayers and give them your support and maybe Alex when he's up for it if he's up for it and future episodes can give us some information on this whole crazy journey of foster parenting even in its infancy a lot of twists and turns and emotions and so that's best left for alex to describe how that's going on so at any rate let's get to the show all right guys i am here with a very very special couple of guests stop it stop it (laughs) What was that, Rex? <laughs> What'd you what do that? What was that? <laughs> what was that? Okay. So, Oliver, what do you think about Donald Trump? Uh, pooping. Uh, <laughs> talk, talk into the microphone. Uh, into the microphone. I. Uh, uh, I I think he's mean because he closed all Cheetos on all Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Trump did not close our favorite Mexican yes, restaurant on Sundays. No, he didn't. I watched yes. him. You did. You did not. Watch yes, him. I saw him. He said close. He said close all Cheetos on Sundays. He did not. Yes, no, I watched him with my own eyes. No. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Oliver, do you want to tell people about flossing? Uh, no. 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 <laughs> no. I think flossing is cool oh. and easy. Oh, I said no. <laughs> All right, Rexy, can you tell can you tell our listeners the gospel? No. <laughs> Talking no. to the mic. Can tell you tell them. them the gospel? Come on, no. Rex, tell them. It's just a computer. No. You're talking to a computer. It's That's all you're talking to. It's not no. going to kill you. I can tell you're going to make a great evangelist someday. It's a butt <laughs> cheek. Yeah. It's a butt yeah. cheek? <laughs> the, the, a butt it does look like a butt cheek if there's two I, right Okay, right guys. Go if to, you got a cheek in a butt. All right, go upstairs. Go to, go to bed. Aww. Go to, what? Yeah, get, go. Get out, of, get out of here. Go to bed. At uh, at some point, you're going to have to tell our kids that Donald Trump did not shut down El Tritos on Sunday. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> they think that happened because just after Donald Trump was elected, our favorite Mexican place quit um, being open on Sundays after church. <laughs> And uh, we went there, and I was like, oh, dang, it's closed. And Oliver's like, it's because Donald Trump closed it. He hates the Mexicans, Mom. 
And I mean, it's true. He was in the back. He was in the back seat crying because his favorite color is orange. <laughs> and Donald Trump's skin is orange. <laughs> he was so mad. Oh. Mm. Parenting 101. So if you can't tell by the voice, um, Alex isn't here today. Nope, he's not. Uh, Jess, my wife, is a return guest. Yep, the return guest. Talking to a new guest. Yes, Jamie, <laughs> the very worst missionary. I have loved her. Me love her long time. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was fitting that Alex couldn't be with us tonight. For those of you um, who listened last week, Alex um, and Shauna, his wife, have been for a long time going through the foster care process. And last Thursday, they got um, they got two foster kids, a four-month-old and a two-year-old. And their world is crazy right now. And so here's the thing is like, I love podcasting, but I am, I am Garth to Alex's Wayne. Like Alex is the outgoing one. I am the very shy. It it takes me a while in interviews to get going. Yeah. And so that's why, that's why Jess is here. She's, you're my buffer today. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think I am the Wayne. You are the Wayne. To your guard. I was telling Alex that you you and him are both like Waynes to to me, Garth. Yeah. Like if I could just be in the background, I would. Alrighty then. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so normally our shows are kind of about Alex and I and how we didn't become pastors. And that's why it's called Not Your Pastor's Podcast. But today, Jess is not your pastor's wife. Thank the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I am not a bastard's wife. So among <laughs> missions and and raising our boys, um, we talked to Jamie, the very worst missionary, about what it, what your calling is. And to stop saying that you're called. <laughs> so this is not your pastor's calling episode. No. No, not, not your pastor's you're not called episode. Not your pastor's. Damn it, Alex, I miss you. (laughs) All right, guys, we are here today with Jamie Wright. How's it going, Jamie? Good, thanks. Uh, and also with uh, my wife, Jess. No, I'm Alex. Yeah. I'm Alex well, today. You both have long hair. Yeah. That's about it. I'm Alex. I like guns. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me. Every podcast should have a gun lover. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, honestly, I was hoping because Jess and I are super familiar with your work and Alex isn't. So I was hoping to introduce Alex to you, but um, I guess he'll hear this eventually, right? Hopefully, if he listens to his own podcast. (laughs) I don't know. Is that like a weird thing to do? Do you like listen to it when you're done? Uh, Yeah, I do. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of our plays, you know? It helps helps the play count. It does. Yeah, it it matters. Every every play helps. So we found, well, I should say Jess found your blog at like a pivotal moment for us because we were going to the super, super conservative church. 
And um, I was kind of um, pursuing to be a pastor and really getting into church, I guess. I don't know how else to put it. I was like, okay, so I was like the golden child of church. And Jess was the roller derby playing mom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, here I am not forsaking the assembly and showing up on a Wednesday night with two of our little boys and people be like, where's your wife at? And there would be like this, oh, you know, uh, poor Jason, look at him. He's just He's doing it all by himself. Where's that Jess at? Like, oh, I wish yeah. he could get her in line. It got so bad, too. At one point, um, uh, the the minister showed up and suggested that Jess quit roller derby. You know, it's funny. Oh. Jason and I have just two different personalities. Yeah. He is a rule follower. Yes. And I am one of those people that have to be like hit over the head with like the reasons why you don't do something to understand uh-huh. why you don't do it. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah the constant that's... rules and stuff just don't like jive well with me. That's so funny. What a great, that's a great combo though in a relationship. Like, to have, <laughs> you know, like to temper each it's other. It's even worse so though because like... when you have kids and then you see like our oldest is a rule follower um, <laughs> and then our middle is me. <laughs> Like he oh, looks yeah. like me. He, you tell him no on something, and you just see the he's wheels gonna, turning. He's like, going to get into so oh much God. trouble. Like, oh, what, oh, why? Ooh, I, but I want to. And oh my God. you know, yeah, yeah. And you're like, I get it, I get it, son. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Oh my gosh. So the minister shows up and is like, "Your wife, right? Yeah. You, well, you actually, that- what what happened is I had a knee injury. Um. Which didn't happen in a cool way. I literally like tripped myself and tore my meniscus. Oh. And so it was like, you know, when you play roller derby, you want it to be like, yeah, yeah. I got like hit super hard. And no, I, totally. tripped, my- I tripped myself. And um, the he said, oh, maybe it was it was a blessing that you your knee got hurt. Like yeah. maybe that was God's way of telling you you shouldn't play roller derby. Okay, that's a god. That's a god I want to yeah. be in charge of my life. Yeah. Wow. And ultimately, um, I had some disagreements with some of their theologies. I don't even know if I wouldn't. No, theology is wrong. I had some disagreements with some of their doctrines, mm-hmm. and uh, we um, we left the church, and then we're called apostate after the fact. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But in in that whole like process of, I mean, I mean, Jess, you went there your entire life. Those were all your childhood friends. Oh yeah, yeah. And oh, they don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> but it's okay. So weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Je- Jess and I were like floating in this island. Uh, not we just lost our church family, kind of in a rough spot with our families because they're like, "Why are you leaving?" And we found your blog. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just found your blog. And right. it was like a little safe haven. Yeah, because it's a really rough, that's a rough spot to be. And, you know, anybody that's kind of experienced some of that deconstruction and that's that place where you're like, everything has crumbled around you. And all of a sudden you're just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, like, what, ju- what just happened? <laughs> like, and where do we go from here? I mean, oh God, that fam- it's so familiar, that feeling. And Yeah, it was really it- hard at first too, because um, I'd gone there my entire life and the friends I had were literally people I had sleepovers with at, you know, starting at like five years old, you know, and 
Um, then we were deemed apostate and it was weird seeing on like social media them getting together and, you know, people coming home from moving you know, when they moved out of state and they're coming home and everybody's getting together and I wasn't invited anymore to it. And right. so for a little while it was really hard and now it's kind of like I'm over it. You know, I can't control right. what people think about me. So mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And you sort of get to that place where you're like, okay, it's kind of worth it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I would rather be where I am now than be there yeah. with them and be miserable. So, yeah, I hear that. Yeah. So I remember, I don't, I don't, obviously I don't remember the exact blog entry, but I know Jess, you know, was reading your blog and she's over there like chuckling. And I'm like, what are you, what are you reading? And she showed me your blog and I'm like, but she swears. <laughs> That's where Jason and I were different growing up too, is um, my family were like super conservative Christians, but they all swear. So I was like, wow, well, there's nothing wrong with it. And so, and, but Jason's the rule follower. And, yeah. You know. <laughs> gotta follow yeah, those rules. Like, yeah. And you know, that rule that says no swears. Right. Yes. It, <laughs> Thou shall not swear. Yeah. Say these seven English words. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because in your book, I, I, I sent a screenshot of you got this awesome paragraph on Jesus. And I'm going to read it real quick, if that's OK. Is it weird yeah, hearing somebody else read your book out loud? Yeah, but what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it's close to Easter. So, you know what? Jesus was just a badass. He was a rule breaker, a system bucking ball buster. He boldly pushed back against social norms and the religious order of the day to engage in his God-given duty to heal the sick, feed the poor, call out injustice, and pave the way for everyone to know the saving grace of faith, hope, and love. The world called him weird, and the club called him dangerous. They spit on him, they threw things at him, they drove him away, and hell, eventually they killed him. But Jesus was such a motherfucking badass, he just kept loving. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that is like a perfect paragraph on Jesus. Right? (laughs) Isn't it pretty amazing (laughs) that we should be, you know, like really give him more credit? (laughs) amazing yeah i sent that paragraph to alex as like this is who we're going to interview <laughs> oh god and no he was he <laughs> was game on he was all he, he was excited he's bummed he can't be here but so here i am reading your book and i'm laughing and my kids are looking at me and gunner our middle child he's like what are you laughing at dad and he he looks at the cover of your book and from across the room and is like because he wears glasses but he didn't have them on he's like squinting he's like the <laughs> very worst missionary dad if it's the worst missionary then why are you reading it like, he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was upset with me right. so how did you get the title the title just came from my blog and the blog my blog was born out of like literally being the worst missionary <laughs> i mean i don't know it was just such a mess i i went into missions and got down you know into central america and looked around and was just like this is a disaster but what I found was that I was just still, everybody from the U.S. was still telling me how awesome I was or just being there, which I was weird because they didn't even know what I was doing. And, you know, being down there, I was like on a personal level, just sort of falling apart, depressed. And my marriage was a mess and my kids were struggling and it was just such a mess. And nobody knew. Like it just was this assumption that 
everybody who's a missionary is awesome and aren't, isn't the world so lucky that you would, you know, sell all your shit in the U.S. and move to their country. And um, it just felt like this weird disparity, <laughs> you know, this weird, like, um, I don't know, this huge divide between reality and what everyone was saying on the internet, like what every missionary knew, what their newsletters looked like and what their blogs looked like. And um, I was sort of in charge of like uh, communicating, you know, that was like my job as a missionary for my family as I did communication. So I would like write our little emails home and um, I wrote our blog and, and eventually I was just like, this is, this is dumb. I need to just tell the truth. <laughs> um, and so just started doing that just started speaking really plainly about, missions and family and life and all of it and faith um and kind of relabeled it the very worst missionary and you know several years later here we are <laughs> yeah, so how much like pushback did you get once you started writing what was actually going on like your truth because I feel like some like myself like some people I really like respected that I'm like yeah this is like real stuff that I'm reading um, but did you receive a lot of pushback from people who knew you or just general public or? Um, over the years, it's been, you know, there's been pushback, but tr truthfully, I think most people that don't like it, they just move on. Um, but I, I mean, I definitely have had lots of plenty of emails from uh, pe both, <laughs> well, both people it, I know. It's funny because I, I follow you on social media, too, and you'll post things and you'll swear in it. And then there's always the like old person that's like, you know, mm -hmm. you're ruining your witness. You could reach so many more people if you didn't say damn. So, yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I just don't care. I, yeah, right, right, I just don't, right. don't care. Like, yeah. I'm so bored with the conversation about language because I've, I mean, because, because I swear I've had the conversation a thousand times yeah. over. And oh just yeah. Like, yeah. You guys yeah. Just Google it. There's information out there that will help you understand the, the use of language and <laughs> the Bible and your misinterpretation of scripture. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, I, and so the biggest, honestly, that is the biggest pushback I get is about swearing, which I, I legit, I just don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. Um, but the, the other stuff is more like, you know, you're being divisive and you're making, you know, you're, you're critical, but not, you don't have solutions and, you know, just all kinds of like, it's kind of minimizing, right. <laughs> like, I'm just going to minimize your perspectives so that I don't have to deal with it, um, a lot of that kind of stuff, but it's, it's really not a big deal to me. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it just doesn't bug me at all. So how much of like missions would you say is just like fake? Like ninety seven percent. Holy cow! That's I mean, lot. maybe that's high. Maybe I don't know. That doesn't well. su that doesn't surprise me. No, though. it doesn't me either. There's, I mean, it's a lot more than way more than half. <laughs> way more than I mean, I'd I'd probably put it like eighty gen percent genuinely. Like I think it's probably eighty percent is just complete bullshit. Um, and you know, twenty percent there's like some really solid, smart people out there doing amazing things in the world quietly and um, changing the communities that they're in and you know, maybe they happen to be called missionaries, but the, the majority of people who call themselves missionaries are just, it's really, it's a lot of silliness. Yeah. So I feel like, like I grew up, I grew up Southern Baptist. So we had missions month, you know, they, they roll out all the flags and we're supporting like 50 missionaries. You know, as a kid, it was like my favorite, like month of church. Cause I just stare at the flags and mm -hmm. hear all the, you know, the, the crazy and stories and stuff how many how many of those stories do you think are true are made up or probably the majority of them have an element of truth you know probably the vast majority of them have some you know 
truth, whatever to them, but, but it's just the language that missionaries use. And, you know, one of the things that really struck me when I was in the field was, um, how like a missionary's bread and butter is to be sick or injured. Okay. Like if you get, if you get malaria that you're golden, people will write you because <laughs> they're just like, all of a sudden like, Oh, you're doing this thing. And Oh, I could never do that. And you're, you know, struck down by malaria and, and they'll just start writing you checks. Or if you could break a leg in the field, if you could do anything that isn't like permanently damaging, um, you know, you just get like minorly maimed. You're golden. Like, <laughs> like awesome. People are like, I got to write home about this. And you know, that was like an early thing, early issue like red flag for me where I was just like this is weird that like we are celebrated for literally things we have no control over we're celebrated when our stuff gets stolen and when our car breaks down and when our kid gets malaria like people literally they write us checks and they tell us how awesome we are just because our name just because we call ourselves missionaries mm-hmm. and so the the tendency I think for some missionaries I'm totally generalizing here but yeah. um is that you know that that head cold becomes a struggle with illness or oh. <laughs> you know that yeah. it just yeah. it just it's a, stre- a stretching of the truth that um, lines lines pockets and kind of makes everybody feel better about all this money that we're sending abroad. Wouldn't wouldn't that manipulation be like worse than swearing though? Like I one feel, might think. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would be. So, like, the church we go to now, I, I remember when we first started coming, I was like, hey, how come we don't support any missionaries? Like, it was, it was like, very few missionaries, you know, used to what I was growing up for. And we had one of our head pastors. He, at one time, I guess we did support a lot of missionaries. And he had, one of our missionaries was in Hawaii, and our pastor just happened. <laughs> yeah, she's laughing already. Like well, you know where this is going. Yeah, our pastor like, yeah. just happened to be in Hawaii and was like, "Oh, I'm going to go visit his church on Sunday morning." But the church was closed, and then he found him yeah. on the beach. <laughs> of course, and, yeah, because there's nobody to hold you accountable. Just do whatever. Yeah, exactly. And so that's that was kind of the end of you know the crazy missionary months, I guess, for the church we go to now. But I was fortunate to go on a short-term missions trip uh, a few years ago. I was going, I went to the country of Jordan to visit uh, mm-hmm. one of our missionaries in the Middle East there. And I, I've been there. I, went, I was in Jordan last year. It was awesome. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. Yeah. It was completely like life-changing trip. I loved it. Yeah. And so our, I, you know, I was meeting with our pastor and I was like, so what am I doing? Am I like painting a shed or like, am I, <laughs> like, Nobody has told us, like, told me, like, what am I doing? And he goes, no, dude. He's like, you're, you're in the Middle East. Like, they're, they're, they have all that stuff. There's, there's nothing, you know, for you to do. You can't even really go out and evangelize. I mean, mm-hmm. so I was like, so what is, like, what do we do then? He's like, you're going to, one, to make sure our missionary's doing what he says he does. Mm-hmm. And if he needs any help, like if he needs a refrigerator, you're going to buy him a refrigerator. Or if he needs anything in the field, you're going to get it for him. But most importantly, he's he. what I remember the most was he's those really missionaries are just crazy lonely. And mm-hmm. we're just sending people to go visit him and mm-hmm. just to say hi and have conversation that's, you know, not in Arabic. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, how much how much do you see missions like that being beneficial? I think in a I mean, I love that concept and have promoted that that kind of idea before as well. But um, it's still ma- like it still depends on what that missionary is doing. Like, if if you're supporting a missionary in the field who whose presence makes sense and who has something to genuine to offer the community that they're in, or um, you know, if their mission makes sense and you're supporting them by showing up and giving them company and encouraging them and loving them and, and you know, bringing them what they need, um, I think that's that's solid. But we, you know, so often even long-term missionaries are just doing such garbage work. And so that element of like, we're also checking for accountability. We're also like lay, laying eyes on the missionaries in the field to say, hey, are you, are you holding up your end of this deal? <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think that's almost more important than the like camaraderie and fellowship aspect, even though, I mean, I, if you have a missionary that's out there doing good work, I think that's, that's a great thing. I think that's a solid way to support them. It really just depends on what they're doing. Cause if you're just sending people to, to be companions, you know, twice a year to missionaries who aren't doing shit, who like, you're just still wasting money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I was just really taken back when I got there and like visited them because you know, here I am, you know, growing up in the church and mission missions is like, you know, you are, you know, blessed and highly favored, like as a missionary, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like there's, there's pastors and then there's missionaries. And it's like, a, it's like the next step above, you know? And so when I met these guys, it's like, oh, they're just like normal guys who are actually quite miserable. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And so often. Yeah. And the thing that caught me the most is they hated writing those letters back home because I mean, primarily because it was in the middle East and they had a a whole bunch of like, they had a terrible time raising support to go to the Mm -hmm. middle East because nobody wanted to save middle Eastern people. (laughs) Like, right, right, right. And so it was really hard. I mean, this was, I mean, the Iraqi war was just raging at this point. Yeah. There's always that like mission du jour you know, right now it's it's like Africa um, and or it, there's always like some area of the world. So like it was Latin America for a really long time. And then right as um, I started like raising support to go to Latin America, that you two um, Bono like did his whole like spiel about going where God is doing things and, you know, joining or whatever. And everybody started going to Africa. <laughs> so <laughs> while, while, while we were like raising support for Latin America, Africa got, got super trendy. And so I, I totally get that element of like, oh, we're going to the Middle East. Who will support us? And everyone's like, oh, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not into it. So nah, I don't know. It's kind of it's so interesting, the whole marketing aspect of it. Yeah, I was just blown away by like their eagerness to like they had like an excitement to come home and just like be a part of a church <laughs> and not, mm-hmm. not be a pastor and not have those responsibilities, but just, just be normal people again. Yeah. I don't know. I, I honestly, since I've been back, I've really fallen, I've really pulled away from the whole idea of like paid ministry of any sort. Yeah. Like it's just a really weird crossing of boundaries when your paycheck is tied up in your call to love people. So whether it's pastor or missionary or, you know, whatever, I just, it, it makes me kind of squidgy. It makes me flicky. Well, I mean, what, what does the word ministry mean anyway? I mean, literally whatever you decide. <laughs> yeah, I know it, but yeah, I'm with you on the whole paid thing, but it's, it seems like, I don't know, obviously 
you know, I'm not a pastor. That's the whole like premise of our of our podcast. But um, <laughs> <laughs> conversations that you wouldn't hear from the pulpit, I guess. I don't know. That's cheesy, <laughs> right, cheesy tagline. Right. Um, no, it's important. I think people get so focused on they as a just a normal Christian, I guess, or church member that um, they kind of idolize these missionaries and then they fail to be just loving to their neighbor or missionaries in their own neighborhoods or with the people around them. And they use like supporting a missionary as an excuse to not have to do it themselves. And uh, Mm -hmm. so I can see, you know, wanting to get away from getting a paycheck for just doing what you're supposed to do in the first place, which is just like loving your neighbor. Um, I play roller derby and um, I just feel like with my team, um, you know, it's, it's a variety of people. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's given me such a amazing insight into the LGBTQ community and just people from all walks of life in general that I'm so thankful for that I would never have had. And, um, I've just kind of made it my goal of like, I'm just going to love these people as much as possible. And not really mm-hmm. expect anything in return, you know, and right. just be there for them. And I don't know of anything right. more rewarding than that, just being able to love people and experience Which them. Is and so Christ-like, you know. Like, <laughs> well, you know, I am a super <laughs> Christian, so I mean, it's easy for me. Well, you you genuinely you genuinely do it though with no strings attached. Like you say it, but you are a hundred percent genuine. Where I feel like most people who've grown up in the Christian environment, they can't. They can't separate it. They can't get out of that bubble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, we recently had a friend who was uh, dealing with uh, trying to connect with somebody who she felt God led her to um, kind of befriend. And um, what it came down to is just not knowing how to connect with somebody who doesn't know church lingo or doesn't know how... um, you know, who's not saved or, who just, you know, it's like, just be her friend. I like, I don't know what else <laughs> right. to tell you, but it's right. this idea like as, um, and when we're in a Christian church bubble of like, I can't just be somebody's friend. I have to, I can't just love somebody. I have to make them a project yeah, right, to win right. them over for Christ or to save them exactly. or something. Um, so you're constantly like, targeting people in your community, like who's my next target? Right. Yeah. yeah. And I don't ever want my girls, my teammates, to feel that way. Like I want them to know Never. when, when I'm bringing them cigarettes and diet coke, it's because I really love them. <laughs> you know. And, Are you sure you're not being, like handing them over and being like, and this is because Jesus loves you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, These cigarettes, I that- you know. Yeah. Uh, Anybody I- need some condoms? <laughs> 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 I think it's really hard, though, for I mean, it's hard for me sometimes to shut off that that like that switch where I'm not I don't have some sort of like ulterior motive in the background. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah. But what's I mean, like, do you really like when you meet people, you're like, I wonder if I can get him into heaven. <laughs> like, you're not really thinking. You're not really thinking that, are you? Oh, so I, maybe sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think that. I like, well. You should stop. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want to. It's just I've got so much like programming in there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It takes a while, I think, to 
and do all that stuff. Right. If that's even what you want. But yeah, yeah I think some people just have that impatience in them too. Like Jason is super impatient with people Yeah. where I, I feel like I'm a lot better at just like, okay, I'm just going to like love this person. I mean, I've been playing roller derby for, this is my eighth season. So um, not all the teammates I have now have been there the full eight years, but a few. And so it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Jason's, you know, we'll push for stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, like if they decide to, like, that would be great. But I'm just going to love them along the way. And whatever happens, happens. But yeah. Yeah. This got weird. I'm just talking about how how terrible you are. No, I'm just joking. I know. It's like, what do I say now? Uh, But I'm really I'm cool too, guys. I'm cool. Right. Right. No, I just. Go ahead. No. um, You had uh, there's a chapter in your book where you're talking about your husband, Steve, and forming this football team in Costa Rica and how it gave you like a community outside of whatever type of missions community you were you were getting at the time but then you talk about other missionaries coming in and wanting a piece of the action Mm -hmm. like seeing like oh they've broken into a new community and they were like how do we get a what a what a ripe field (laughs) or whatever how do do we get into the ripe harvest and we're just like (laughs) you're gross go away (laughs) but yeah it was so uncomfortable that idea of like just hearing other missionaries talking about our friends as if they're these like commodities to be won. Um, it was very uncomfortable. And I just would have, I would have died if any of our football players would have oh, like no. had heard like, them. I, heard anybody talk yeah, I understand that we actually, my roller derby team um, practices at our church building. Um, so we've come, I've come across that where, you know, it's like they're a project and I'm like, no, they're just people. And, leave them alone <laughs> let, me, let, <laughs> let me talk to them and be their friend you're really ruining this for all of us could you go away <laughs> yeah, yeah like it's just it's so uncomfortable but uh, yeah I think it's just you know it's part of that church mentality and it's gonna take a while that I think changed the, that culture for a lot of people yeah so let's talk about like your your calling to missions like I'm always like I'm always super intrigued by people's callings, especially when they don't work out like they had planned. So, like, how did you know you were called to be a missionary? Like, what was that magical moment where oh, God. where God was just like, "You're doing we, this," where He came down like a dove? Yeah did he just dis- <laughs> did he uh, descend like a dove? Like, rest yeah, on your exactly. Shoulder? It was like that, and then the skies open. It was the sun, and like Jesus peering over <laughs> a cloud. <laughs> Like, go and yeah, no, it was not like that at all. In fact, it was just, it was very, um, it was so dumb. Like, sometimes I think back on like how we became missionaries, and I'm just like, God, we were so dumb. (laughs) But we just, you know, like our kids were younger, my kids were, um, not even all teen, not even teenagers yet, any of them. Um, so there it was, this is years ago. My ex, my husband and I went to, um, where did we go? We went to Costa Rica with a group of high school students as like, as their, their, um, you know, lay leaders, whatever. We were in charge of this group of high schoolers. So we go down to Costa Rica, we kind of meet new missionaries and see what it's all about. And we come home. Cool. That was kind of neat. Wow. And, um, she was on the way home. My husband was like, uh, okay, I'm going to say something and just, just, you know, hear me out. It's going to be crazy. And I was like, oh, my God, he's going to say we should be missionaries because I was thinking the same exact thing. 
and so we had this conversation where he's like, I think we should be missionaries. Like, oh my gosh, me too. And we legitimately walked off that plane. Like we agree on something. It must be God. (laughs) 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 Like if ever a worse reason, if there was ever a worse reason to like pack up your kid and move to a country, that's it. But that was the beginning of this process for us where we were just sort of like, what kind of person would God want to be a missionary? Surely us. And, you know, we were just, you know, like we're so flexible and we're so spontaneous and we're so whatever. We're, we're just, we'd be great at this. Um, and so we decided that that's what we should do. I mean, it was just a really like, it was earnest, like it was genuine. I think we genu- genuinely wanted to serve God and um, help other people. But at the same time, our behind the scenes, our marriage was a disaster and our kids were not terribly. Um, I mean, they just, it was, they were struggling because we were struggling. And I, there was a big part of me that was just like, you know what, if we make this big sacrifice, if we make this huge commitment and we say, the thing, God bless us and then fix it. Like I thought God would really fix me. He would fix my marriage. He would, you know, whatever, help my kids. And um, that did not happen, it turns out. <laughs> so, you know, it was naive. It was just an incredibly naive decision made on a really, um, throughout like a really naive process. And, and we ended up in another country because of it. So, yeah, we were super committed to our stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think, like, like, what do you think a true calling would look like? You know, it's such a funny word. I know it is. <laughs> it's completely I just, ambiguous. I, I feel like we shouldn't, it, yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. So I think that that's not even something I can answer because I just, I feel like, I feel called to help everyone stop using the word calling. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's let's awesome. Just, let's just not use that word. I mean, I, I think if you're trying to discern what your next steps are in your life or where you're supposed to live or where you're supposed to, what you're supposed to be doing, I think that you should do that the same way, you know, any anyone would, which is to look at your circumstances, look at your capacity, look at your, uh, talk to the wisest people, you know, who are truth tellers that won't like just pat you on the back and tell you to do whatever you want. I mean, I think it's a process and, and, um, and you have to be really, really willing to hear hard answers. If you're going to dive into that, you know, what's my calling? I, I don't know. I just think that people need to be a lot smarter instead of saying like that your calling is not your passion. We're all passionate about all kinds of things. Passion is super, super cheap. It, it just doesn't assist anything. But to be called to something, I think requires such a, a mix of um, like our, our personal capacity combined with this lo- great love or whatever that we feel towards something. Um, and then kind of blessed by the people around us that you know, you really can't just say, I, I f- went to another country and fell in love with it, so I feel called there. Um, I think you really have to take in a lot more things into account before before you really yeah, that's, you know, that, crazy. Yeah, that reminds me of when uh, Jason thought he wanted to be a pastor. Yeah. And he was always <laughs> like, I just feel called. I just feel called to do this. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be a pastor's wife. Oh, it so. would have been a disaster. <laughs> um, it would have been an absolute disaster. Yeah, I'm like, I... I would be the worst right. pastor's wife on the face of the earth. Um, right. Where right. you're literally like, I feel uncalled. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, like and then my calling's the opposite. We like had to like basically say to him, if God was calling you, I would be called too. 
and I am not calling. <laughs> like, I am not picking up the phone. I'm not answering because um, uh-huh. I, I, I would hate it. It would be awful. Um, I it just look awful. at pastors' wives, and they seem like the most miserable people on the face of the earth. So I, that is not uh-huh. something I <laughs> wanted to touch at all. But yeah, that just yeah, made me I think, think about it. Like, no, I'm not. No, I don't think you. I don't think you're hearing what you think you're hearing. No. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. No, yeah, like, it, no. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I honestly, I was just agreeing. Like, it's such a funny. It's a weird thing where people just decide. Well, and then you get caught into. Um, if I was a more submissive and good wife. Oh, yeah. Would it would have been, you know, <laughs> like if I was a better wife, you know, according to the right. evangelical church, I would have been like, right. Well, he's the spiritual leader of my home and I should just do whatever he says because it must totally. be right. When right. when I know that would be like stupid, like I don't want to do that. I would be terrible at it. And I think, it, you know, and just knowing um, just experience of other pastors we know, it's like, no, I don't want that for me. I think it would destroy us. Uh huh. Isn't that funny though that like in the evangelical church you're like we both have these very strong opinions about this and the evangelical church is like but which one of you has a penis? Right. (laughs) He wins. Right. Yeah. Like because that's so weird. Like it's on you. You submit. You change your. Oh God. That's like don't I yeah. I, yeah. that's a whole nother podcast right? <laughs> sure. whole nother. and I already did an episode on feminism with Jason so yeah. <laughs> I think I heard it I yeah I yeah because you mentioned um that he was stupid for being surprised that his roller derby um wife oh, was, oh, yeah. <laughs> was a feminist like, right We're like, like what, whoa what? surprise it's <laughs> <laughs> so funny so I mean that's one of the reasons Alex and I started this podcast is because we wanted a place for people who were crushed by ministry to feel not so crushed. And we come across that a lot. Like people uh, are so depressed and upset because they feel like they were called to something and then it didn't pan out the way they wanted to. And it just absolutely crushes them. And it's, Uh it's heartbreaking to see that. And I'm, I'm, (laughs) You know, when you you say your calling is to get rid of the word calling, like, I think you do a fantastic job of that in your in your book, because by the end of it, you're you are alluding to, well, maybe I was called to use my skills as a writer and talk about how shitty missions are. And mm-hmm. like, I think I think when we're called to something, maybe it's not a future thing that we're called to but we look back on things and say oh I, w- I was probably called to do that yep yeah I think and I think that's so true that yeah to discern your calling in retrospect is so much makes so much more sense yeah and I think it leaves us more open to when you look back at your life and you just go oh man this is these are the amazing things that happened and this is how they all came together in these unexpected ways it leaves you so much more willing to just freely engage in your present and let the future be what it is what it's going to be yeah you can you don't have to there's no pressure to figure it all out like you don't need to know you can look back and go okay it's going to be okay and we're going to just keep pressing forward yeah so i did something i wanted i wanted to get your opinion on it cuz i went into the jail on friday and uh um sang and and preached to the inmates there which i wasn't allowed to go because i have a vagina yeah so right that's dangerous uh, you know yeah. that's a problem so uh-huh 
but <laughs> it just keeps causing me problems. Yeah, we've been, oh. we've been talking about this all weekend. Uh, so funny. But I ordained all the inmates as pastors. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get your take on that. Should I have done that uh, or no? Um, as long as they don't use it like against each other in bad ways, I think it's fine. Like, I'm your pastor. Do what I say. Um, but I think the idea of like the calling of all saints is yeah. super powerful. And, I, you know, to to give inmates in prison a tangible reminder that their spiritual lives are important and their leadership matters and that they have an opportunity to guide one another. God, I think that's that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I was, the the only reason I ask is that I heard you on failed missionary and God doesn't call the equipped. And I was like, wait a second, oh. did I just send off a bunch of unequipped people? Did you use that phrase? No, I did not use that <laughs> I mean, phrase, you, I promise okay. you. But I was thinking of it as oh. I was preaching. I was like, maybe I shouldn't, but I felt it was the right thing to do. Because but, I, but you weren't you weren't saying to them, here you go, guys, you can go start a church now. No. <laughs> you were saying, here are the circumstances of your life. This is where you're at. And pa- pastor one another or whatever, yeah. like lead well. Like That's a totally different thing than saying to them, hey, guys, I know you're all convicts. And, you know, maybe you're some like whatever. Maybe you're thieves or rapists or whatever, <laughs> whatever your crime is. Right. Like, I know. you, But but you know what? God doesn't call the called and if you feel called to volunteer in an elementary school or a jewelry store or whatever then I'm going to send you to do that like that's a totally different thing <laughs> than you know, for you to just like sit down with these these men and say your spiritual life is important you know and matters and you have this power here I think that's, I think that's a good thing yeah I wanted to give them a job like something to take their mind off being in a cell all day yeah, which is cool. And I think a lot of, I mean, it sounds bad, but prison is a lot of guys really get in touch with their kind of spiritual life in prison. So there's less distractions for them. Um, mm-hmm. I've gone with Jason a number of times up until this one time and um, because of the vagina. And um, <laughs> they, they uh, a lot of them s- express that they're thankful to be there because um, they're not distracted with the street. I mean, we we're, we live in Flint, so, um, oh. you know, they're not distracted with what's going on, you know, in the areas they're living in. And they're able to actually focus on, you know, staying clean. Or, well, they say it all the time. It, you know, that jail may be the safest place for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty common, which is sad. I mean, sad, but especially like super institutionalized populations, like it's just it's home. But I love it. I love that you went. That you went. I love that idea that you just boldly proclaimed that over them. I think that's cool. No, I, oh, I, I think that's to me going in there and then drug recovery homes and stuff. Like Jess and I will be playing at um, a drug recovery ministry. Jess plays cello and I play. Um, I play guitar, and to me that's like a real church. <laughs> uh-huh. It so far supersedes what what's done on any Sunday morning. It's yeah. So Jamie, we're like at forty-five minutes here, so I don't want to take up a ton. And of our your kids time. are being really. Good. <laughs> I know it. Our <laughs> kids are so upstairs good. being so quiet right now. I haven't even hear heard the dog. No. Um, our dog. We have an eighty-pound lab, and when she walks, you can hear her yeah. above us. She's a fatty. 
He's turning. My dog started barking a bit ago, so you'll have to maybe edit that out. I don't know. <laughs> I, I texted my kids and said, shut up the dog. So. <laughs> I don't know. So I know. So like what like what do you want people to know the most about missions? Both short short term and long term. Oh gosh. I think I just think that it, ideally I just want people to be more thoughtful about it and more critical, honestly. More critical of it. Like just be a critical thinker when it comes to both both short terms and short term and long term missions. I think in general, missions is a obscure outdated word that we need to stop using and we need to like real language to this thing that has been so nebulous and hard to nail down for so long and i think when we do that that um these billions of dollars that we spend every year in the name of missions might actually um might actually do some good so that's probably it what do you think is like um more worthwhile for where, where i mean where should we put our money if we're not putting it into missions um, into our communities, into our um, families. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not like to spoil our families, but to invest in our own children and in, in invest in solid humanitarian aid efforts, um, invest in education. I, I think that for people to stop writing checks to missions and start figuring out how much power they have with the American dollar, <laughs> you know, like you could maybe stop buying super cheap clothes at stores that use slave labor and buy your clothes more expensive, uh, your more expensive clothes from stores that are, you know, use sustainable fair wage um, materials and, and, and human resources. Like there's things that we can do to spend money better um, that have nothing to do with missions that would, could generally change the world. <laughs> so I don't know. I just think, I think just people just need to be smarter. Yeah, man, we had on a few weeks, uh, well, probably a few months ago now, we had on Justin Dillon, the founder of Made in a Free World. And he was mm -hmm. talking about that and poverty and just how far your dollar goes and you don't even realize it. Mm hmm. Right, right. Because we don't think about it. We just spend and spend and yeah. spend. But, yeah. Everybody needs to just kind of take an economics class or something. I don't know. I just wish we all had more attention. Yeah, I think everybody should um, stop at least for at least for one week. Don't give to missions and give to my buddy Alex because they just got to foster <laughs> a two-year-old and a four-month-old. And they oh are like gosh. beautiful, so beautiful. Oh god, for real! Like that should be like just the mission of the week. Yes, should be like let's support this family. So cool. It was funny. It. Jess and I were, were taking over the girls' uh, clothes and shoes on Saturday, and Alex's wife, Shauna, was out grocery shopping. <laughs> and and we we got out of the car and we started walking up to the house, and then Alex ran to the window and, like, smacked the glass <laughs> and was like, save me. <laughs> like, oh he looked God. like a... Um, what's his name? He looked like Lewis from Ghostbusters. When he's oh. like smashed up against the glass and like about to be squealing eating. Her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like all three girls in there by himself. He was he was having a day. Yeah. That they, is like trial by fire. Yeah. Yeah. They have their own two year old and so they went from one two year old to two two year olds at a four month. Yeah, they were doing double coverage and now they're playing a zone defense. Yeah. Insane. Gosh, it's so cool though. Good for them. That yeah, yeah. Really Alex cool. had to go up the road. Um a couple houses down to the this black couple that lives uh, a couple houses down from them who are in their 60s or 70s and 
politely asked them if they could come over and help teach Shauna how to braid the little girl's hair. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she, yeah. She took a class, but she's like, it's not the same <laughs> when you're like oh actually gosh. working with it. Right, but how cool! Like, turn to the neighbors, right? We and they're like, what, like, what an amazing okay. thing! Like, the neighbors came over and they helped, and they helped, yeah. you know, be a, the hands and feet of Jesus to these little girls, and you know, so great. Oh, I love it. It makes my heart just happy. That's cool. So, Jamie, awesome. what kind of? Because uh, uh, we have three boys. What what kind of fun are we looking at here in the next couple of years, heading into puberty? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh dear God. Oh, so you... like um, a couple of weeks ago, well, a month ago, I had to tell my nine-year-old what a period was. So that was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, was I supposed to tell my kids about that? Oh, well, so what happened was I was home having my period, um, wanting to die. And Jason took the boys out and they come home. And apparently the toilet didn't flush all the way. So Oliver, our oldest son, went into the bathroom and he was horrified. (laughs) He's like, Dad, what is Dad, what is that? What is that, Dad? And I was like, Go ask your mom. (laughs) So he comes to me, he's nine. So he comes to me and I'm like doing the whole don't it's fine. Don't worry about it. Just go to bed. It's bedtime. Go leave. And he's like, Mom. If you're pooping blood, that's bad. <laughs> and you need to go to the hospital. And I was like, no, it's not that. Just go to bed. So he goes to bed. And 10 minutes later, he comes out crying because he thinks I'm He's dying. About you. Oh, my God. Oh, so, you know, I just did the general, like, you, they know what puberty yeah. is. I'm like, well, when girls go through puberty, blood comes out once a month. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, so out of the baby hole? And I was like, yes. He's like, huh. And then he just went to bed. And that was it. But yeah. Boy, you, it's... you know we're going to go upstairs and he's going to be like, I heard you telling that lady about the, <laughs> <laughs> that period I, story. She love that. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I recall one of my kids getting um, going through um, like sex ed in public school or something. And he came home. He's probably in like fourth or fifth grade. And I remember him coming home and just... I was like, how was school today? Like, it was like a big day. Like, oh, what did you learn? And um, he was like, mom, I don't want to talk about it, but I have one question. (laughs) I was like, okay. And he was like, does that happen to you? (laughs) I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And he was like, okay, I don't want to talk about it. I'm done. Like, that was it. That's all I needed to know. Does that happen to you? Yeah. um, For some reason, like – my oldest son, he is like obsessed with puberty and he cannot wait to go through puberty. So it's weird. It's just a weird kid. My youngest was like that. He's like just he like, just... he wants to grow armpit hair so bad. And I'm like, but why? <laughs> He's like manly. I don't know. <laughs> That's totally, my youngest was totally like that. And he like was kind of a late, he, he'll just love that I'm saying this. <laughs> he was like a late, like a late bloomer. Uh-huh. And my kids are tall my people are big like my oldest is like about six four and then my middle son you know he's he was like six three when he graduated high school and then my youngest was like he was like a sophomore in high school we were still like the same height which was really really weird and then like over a summer he just grew like mm-hmm. he just it was like he started puberty at like 15 or 16 I mean it's great it was crazy and just like grew into a man overnight and now he's the tallest of all of them so but I like thought is this ever going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 
I just felt so bad for him because he was like your son. Like he'd been waiting for it since he was like nine years old. Yeah. Just, like, when is this? Yeah. And then he, his older cousin is, uh, he will be 13 in a week. And just like, Ethan's going through puberty, mom. <laughs> and, <it's> like, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, that is the age. I see the mustache. <laughs> I well, you have lots of good stuff to look forward to. Your house is about to start to smell really worse now, worse than it does oh, now. And, and then as the older, the younger boys catch up, it's just going to be like tenfold. And you're going to walk in and you're going to be like, is it, is it shoes? Is it balls? Is it, am I smelling? Like it's a combo deal. It's going to be alarming. But then one day you're going to walk in and you're going to be like, why are my kids using Axe as air freshener? Oh, yeah. And. And you'll think this, and you might even say it out loud a few times, like, hey, are you guys using Axe Spray's air freshener? And then they'll look at you and they'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing that. And then, like, a month later, you'll realize that they're actually setting things on fire with it. Oh, so, okay. You know, <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll write like, that one down. Yeah. For... Let's just actually go back to the house stinking. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just it's a constant like never ending relentless ball of chaos and weird smells. Yeah. With boys with three boys. And they eat so, so. much. Oh God! They eat so much. It, they do. They do. Oh, constantly. I went to the store and um, before my middle son got home from college for the week, and I texted him, "Hey, what do you guys want me to get at the store?" They're like, "Just snacks." So I filled the pantry with snacks, and then um, yesterday I was running out of the house. He goes, "Are you going to the store?" And I was like, "No, I just did." He goes, "Oh, but you said you were going to get snacks." <laughs> I did. Like, I did. <laughs> two days ago. <laughs> two days ago, I bought gobs and gobs and they were just gone they just decimate it like they're like locusts yeah it's Man. it's insane and mine are so little now and they still eat mm-hmm. they just eat so much <laughs> you're gonna have to get a second job or something yeah <laughs> good luck jason yeah i'm not looking forward to it maybe i can become that pastor and do some night work <laughs> no. yeah night no. hours no no i can tell you, you What's that? I say, Jessica, don't you feel called yet? Like, is that pastor's yeah. wife role? No, it's just not. It's one of those things that I just don't think is ever going to happen. <laughs> like, hey, like, it's like people, hey, you know, like the people who they know they don't want to have kids. And they're like, no, I don't feel anything when I'm holding a baby. And uh, yeah, same for uh, being a pastor's wife. Like, nope. Oh, can I yeah. say something, though? Like, I am glad that you stood up. And that's right. I'm a ref- boss. I'm a boss ass bitch. I don't want nobody to <laughs> boss me around. Well, I'm, no, like, I'm really glad <laughs> that you did because you could have. <laughs> you're not going to tell me what to do. You could have like you could have rolled over and just like, you know, let him chase his dream. And it would have been disastrous. Like it would have been horrible, like without a doubt. Well, good thing I'm not a good Christian. So I'm glad that wife. your calling was stronger than my calling. <laughs> Well, I guess then now you know. Like now you know who God really was calling. Yeah, yeah so that's true. I don't know. Maybe, maybe like I, one of you. Maybe, maybe maybe one of you just like a little closer to God. Maybe I God. am more. I maybe I'm the more spiritual one, and I'm the, uh-huh, one, I'm the one that always gets told that I'm going to hell. But geez, maybe it's him. No, nope. maybe it's him. No, nope. yeah. Nope. I, think, I think we learned something today. <laughs> I've got nothing. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> no, you don't. That's I'm, it. I'm pretty no, sure. Want to hear from God? Ask your wife. I know one thing for a hundred percent for sure. Like, if Alex were here, we wouldn't have had a discussion on periods. It just wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna edit this 
Jeez, are you going to put him in charge of editing? That was a very important conversation. No, it's all staying in there. It was like, um, that just reminded me, like, my friend, um, I have a friend named America, and she had her baby. And um, I told the boys, I'm like, Miss America had her, the baby came out um, today. You know, Miss America's baby came out or whatever. And I'll, out of her belly. And Oliver goes, you mean out of her butt? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and that's where the baby whole thing came from. But <laughs> out of her butt. Out of her butt. <laughs> so much. Jaden, you're really going to have to teach your kids more about, like, you know, bodies <laughs> and that's really up to you as a father figure. Right. Be the spiritual leader of our home. Exactly. Dude. Man up. Uh, yeah, saying. man up. Like, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've, got, I've got nothing. All right, Jamie, thank you so much uh, for ha- really hanging out. We, Jess and I just wanted to hang out with you, and then we talked about missionary stuff just so we could make a podcast say, out of it. I have to say, like, I was selfishly, like, so excited that Alex can be here because I've been such a fan of yours <laughs> for so long, and I'm, like, just cool chill you know don't let her know that you're like freaking out because you love her so much just you know so because weird. it'll be weird. <laughs> yeah, like, i know right it's weird we so would, I'm like, you know we would just like hang out we would just like if we were neighbors we would just hang out like and it would be normal and, but i would be I, like she's I, the coolest person right. in the world i'm not worthy oh no on the inside on the inside that's oh, what no. i wouldn't say that on the outside just the inside no like no you'd know you'd just be like oh she's fast <laughs> We're all the same, and it's good. So, no, this was really fun. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Um, anything you want to pitch or let people know about? Oh, I, I wrote a book called the, uh, the Very Worst Missionary. A Mich- what's, it called? what's it called again? The Very Worst Missionary, a memoir or whatever, and it's out April third. And yeah, I can't I wait really- to read it. Jason's been hogging it. I have been hogging he's been it. Getting ready oh, for this. Gosh. And- so. Yeah, I, it's so hard to like pit like ask people to like buy it. Buy my book, but um, yeah, that's that would be cool if anybody was feeling it. They should go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Well, awesome, Jamie. Thank you so much. Thank you. Seriously, this was really fun. She's just saying that, but thank you. <laughs> I'm not. I would. I don't say things. Like I would just say things. Wow, Jason, I'm just, I'm just processing right now. I mean, so many boom moments, John MacArthur, guns. It's just, wow. <laughs> That's my best Alex impression. You're channeling, channeling, channeling your inner Alex there? Yeah. <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I've loved her for years, and it was n- nice to finally talk to her and have my fangirl moment. And, you know, she's just the coolest. Yeah, so April 3rd, you guys. That, that's like... 
tomorrow. I mean, it could have been yesterday. It depends on when you listen to this podcast. (laughs) Really. It's a day in April. But her, Jamie's new book, The Very Worst Missionary, a memoir, a memoir, damn it, a memoir or whatever is out. And you guys need to get this book. It is amazing. And Jess, maybe you can read it now that I'm done Now that you're done it. hogging it, I can actually read it and enjoy it because you wouldn't even know about her if it wasn't for me. Tis true. Tis true. So you've got some news, Jess. Yeah. You are, first of all, okay, a couple things. Update us on some roller derby because we had you and a couple of your teammates on a while ago about um, about your roller derby and how's About my roller derby? Yeah. Well, the roller derbies are going well. Yeah. Um, we are starting our season. We've only had one game so far and a couple scrimmages. Um, and we are doing really well. Uh, our first game of the season, we won, I think the score was 276 to 14. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot, you guys. Um, that's a big. If you don't know roller I mean, derby, that's just, just like a lot. Numbers and math. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so we did really well. We've had a couple scrimmages and we're getting ready for the season. We have a game April 14th in Grand Rapids against the Grand Rapids attack or something. I don't know. And Isn't then, it Grand Raggedy? No, that's uh, no, that's they. That's their A team oh, playing their okay. B team. Okay. So um, we have that game. That should be a win. And then we have our first home game. At you sound so cocky right now. We have yeah. that game, and that should be a win. We have listeners in Grand Rapids. They're going to uh, listen to this. Come at me, bro! Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. We're going to win. So like. You guys did, you know, you did this little thing last October where you did, you know, win a championship. Yeah, I'm. There is a. You're listening to a champion right yeah. now, guys. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we should bring that in. I mean, that's because you guys were on not your pastor's podcast. That's maybe why. or maybe because we work really hard and our female athletes who take our sport very seriously. I don't know. It could be either. <laughs> yeah, but, one or the um, other. Yeah, we're doing really well. We're working really hard. We finally have a full roster, which is incredible. Um, my team is really small, and we've been doing incredible work as a very small team, and we finally have enough skaters to call ourselves a full roster, which is 15 skaters. So, um, yeah, it's been four years since I've skated with a full roster. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And you we, guys have done so much with so few players. Yeah, I mean, we... And you got something exciting. Okay, for all of our, our churchy listeners out there, you have a new jammer this year. Oh, Beth LaBam. <laughs> I mean, you don't get a better derby name uh, yeah, than she, that. So yeah. you need to go watch Beth oh, LaBam play. Yeah, she is our up-and-coming jammer. She is the rookie of the year, and I can say that at the beginning of the year. Yeah, she's incredible. She's, she's good. Um, the game... May 5th that we have, it's against Downriver Roller Derby, and this is going to be a very competitive team to play. Um, It's going to be a competitive game. We are both very athletic teams, um, very fast jammers, and a lot of hard hits, so it's going to be a good one. All right, you're totally in your like radio zone. Like we're radio, not we're not like, on I, the Tom Zumner. Okay, show. I talk about roller derby a lot on the radio, so sorry, I went in radio yeah, mode. You did promotional roller derby radio. All right, so you got. Some other news too. You, yes, yes, you are an official co-host, an official co-host of Outside the Walls podcast yeah. with Brandon Andrews. Yeah, apparently Brandon likes me better than my own husband because he asked me to be oh, a co-host on my his gosh. podcast. <laughs> Don't get me started. No, uh, yeah, I am a co-host on 
Outside the Walls podcast. And, and when's your first episode drop? My first episode is dropping April 2nd. So if you're a patron to Outside the Walls, you can have early access to it. So you can listen to it right now. But um, yeah, April 2nd. It was supposed to be April 9th. And then he said, hey, I'm going to do it April 2nd. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So super excited about that. Um, it's a lot different than this because it's what's your a first spoken epi- word. Yeah, what's your first episode on? Um... It's about... You gotta sell it more than that. More than... uh. Well, (laughs) it's about modesty culture and um, calling women stumbling blocks. So it should be good. Um, Well, I I don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's not. But I think it's pretty good. (laughs) I've I've heard it. It is fantastic, you guys. You're not gonna want to miss that. So... So by the time this episode comes out, yeah, go buy Jamie's book. Go check out uh, Jess on Outside the Walls with Brandon Andrus. Yeah. And you mentioned his Patreon and F that because we have our own (laughs) Patreon. But who do you like better? So So we're doing something here with our Patreon. And I haven't talked to Alex about this yet, but all of our money is going to Alex and Shauna. Like, I'm just going to send it all over there because... More important than podcasting is Alex and Shauna in this foster care adventure. And like we talked about with Jamie, if you want to support missions and you want to know where your money's going and what it's going to and how it's being used, it's better to send it to Alex who needs it right now. They could really use some help and support and just knowing that they have the Big C Church behind them, um, helping them through this and supporting them. You know what? I don't know how many episodes Alex is going to miss, If even if he misses another one or doesn't. We'll, we'll find a way to make it work, but we're here to support him fully. He's got more important things yes. that he's doing right now. Yes. Than being a dad to these girls. By and far. So you can go and you can support us on Patriot, www.patreon.com backslash I'm not going to say forward slash Carrie Jellick. I know you want me to. You've been trolling me on Twitter about saying forward slash. And I'm not going to backslash NYPP. And there's all kinds of incentives um, for you if you decide to give to our cause. And like I said, for the time being, all that stuff is all that all that money that you contribute is going to go. I'm making an executive decision. And if you're wondering, like, Alex, it's going to. If you're wondering, like, what money they need you know i mean they are needing diapers and formula and clothes and um they need a minivan to drive these girls around and i mean just they could use the support and help and it's just overwhelming right now and yes they do get money for being foster parents but it's very little money yeah It's, it's nothing So anyway, guys, we hope you enjoyed this episode. You can check us out on all the social medias, but preferably Twitter or Instagram. I'm not on the Facebook a whole lot, and I doubt Alex will be here for the time being. So if you want to get at us, send us a message, uh, send uh, Alex some encouragement, hit us up on Twitter or Instagram, or visit our website, www.notyourpastorspodcast.com. Now, Jess, it's uh, not your pastor's podcast tradition to end our show with some words of encouragement. So we don't need to talk hockey. I talked roller derby to all the um, maybe maybe you're like, what the hell? Why? Why should I not support my missionaries? 
Or maybe you're a missionary and you're like, what is going on here? Did she just say not to give us money? What could you tell those missionaries that are out there just wondering what to do? How can they keep going? One, two, three up. No, that's not how we end the show. But that's... I don't even know what that is. What is that? When you fall in roller derby, one, two, three up. No. How do we end our show? I, I skipped this part. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Always keep your stick on the ice. <laughs> <laughs>